Incoming transmission from the Babylon Project. And welcome to Bad Pod Die, a Babylon Project miniseries about the comic book die, where we tumble through feelings about RPGs and some terrible British nerds. I'll be your game master, Justin, and joining me are my two players, Jude and Anna. Jude, Anna, do you prefer to be like the loyalist or the traitor in a hit and roll game? Hmm. Loyalist for me. Traitor. You seem utterly unsurprised by both of those answers, Justin. Yeah, no. I mean, Anna, let's... I, I truly cannot express how much, like, you as a person are lawful, like, 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 lawful good. Like, you, you have, you have, like, a personality of chaotic, but, like, when you are doing something... I mean this in the most flattering way possible, but... Oh, you, no, I, I absolutely know, like... <laughs> I might I might talk I might talk big chaos goblin, but when it comes down to brass tacks, no, I'm the I'm the like, no, we must follow the rules person. <laughs> I mean that, yeah, it's just, neither of those were surprising particularly. What about you, Justin? Um most of the time I like to be the loyalist, but sometimes I like to be the traitor, especially if there's like I think it's the one where if there if if it's a game with a traitor mechanic, I like it where I like it where it can be a game that I don't particularly have to like that I don't that like if I get found out as a traitor, I can still play the game afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah nobody likes to be like out of the game uh, you know as soon as that happens. That's my yeah. my worst experience with playing hidden role games was um, I was playing, I think it, it wasn't the resistance. It was Avalon, the, the, the King Arthurian resistance version of the resistance. Right. And I was playing it with like half a dozen engineers. And basically like what they did was just like, they basically had it math. They have like the game mathematically solved. <laughs> and it was like, okay, you didn't do this. Therefore you're a traitor. Okay. We can finish the game now. And it's it's why I like you know it's it's why I don't like pure hit and roll games, like yeah, Secret Hitler I think is one of the worst games in existence. That gave me hives hearing you describe that. Um, yeah, but <laughs> one of my favorite games, just like completely of like all time as a board game, is the Battlestar Galactica board game. Because it is, I it is a beast of a board game, and unfortunately, you can no longer get it because of licensing issues. Um, Oof! But it is incredibly fun because it's not just about the hit and roll stuff. Like there are Cylons, but that isn't the most important thing. The most important thing is that it is a brutal slog of a game. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have li- we have literally lost games of Battlestar Galactica. Where somebody forgot to deal the Cylon card out. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, like, like that is the difficulty level of Battlestar Galactica. That if, like, if you are maybe not doing it correctly, or like the 
the game gives you some bad rolls and stuff, you can just lose the game and not have anybody actually working actively against you. Wild. I mean that that tracks though with the with the IP that it's based off of, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they um, Fantasy Flight. They lost the license to BSG, so they remade it with a Cthulhu skin. I've not played the Cthulhu version, but I mean, I assume if it's the it's it's basically the exact same game, so I'm assuming that it's still fun to play. Fantasy um, yeah. Flight games in the Cthulhu myth- mythos. Name a more iconic pairing. I mean, they they I honestly they do that because it's just like it's 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 an easy thing to attach to to proven board games that they've lost the license to that like <laughs> that they still can make a I'm, good game out of like I'm i just love saying. i love elder sign as like a fun dice roller even oh, and when I, they made me too they, i love elder sign um and then they remade it as x-men mutant insurrection which was even more fun like frankly i i haven't played it in ages but the arkham horror like rpg card game is so fun um is it it's it's a it's their living card game model. Yeah. So but it's like it's a cooperative game. So you build decks for your investigators and you play through missions and scenarios and stuff. And I played like, the crap out of the of the Lord of the Rings version that yeah, they had. I think it's better than the Lord of the Rings one personally, just because and like it works a little bit better with the the and the mythos stuff is like always fun. Yeah, no, I'm like both the like generally like I think all of the LCGs that fantasy flight does are good but like that cooperative mission based stuff is so fun yeah 5r lcg wasn't very good no okay um it shouldn't take an hour and a half to play a single game the the hidden roll game that i enjoy most is one night ultimate werewolf it's one of the it's one of the like app assisted ones essentially yeah um where the app gives you the timings for like you know, close your eyes and open your eyes and you know, calls out all the actions. And it's um I've played that very successfully with like an extremely extremely broad like community of people. Um yeah. not necessarily all at the same time, but it's um I enjoyed that it's like pretty accessible and since each round is pretty quick, um it's it's in the vein of like it's fun. You you can have fun being the traitor because if you're eliminated, you just play another round and you'll not you'll probably not be the traitor yeah. that time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I like I played Mafia when I was on uh, when I was uh, like I on summer trips when I was at like when I was like church camp shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I got introduced to the idea. Anyways, this is not this is nominally a podcast not about. Uh, Board games, but is in fact about a ter- about a very good comic about some very terrible people. Uh, tonight we are covering issues eleven and twelve of Die. Uh, these are Risk and Hidden Roll. They're written by Karen Gillan, art by Stephanie Hans, letters by Clayton Cowell. Um, Risk opens up with um, I think this is the worst person we've got a quote generated by yet. It's Klauswitz. Um, Clausewitz on war. Peace is maintained by the equilibrium of forces and will continue just as long as this equilibrium exists and no longer. Carl von Klaus, fuck yourself. That's so depressing. In a system of games, I think that real politic is a very is an interesting way to approach game theory. As a way to approach interactions between human beings, I hate it. <laughs> yep. That that I think that is my that is my uh also, I mean 
the people who who follow this shit are generally terrible people in real life. But um, this is not behind the bastards. All right, so we open uh, up with Chuck with the help of uh, our two favorite dwarves, Delighted and Dower, uh, escaping the city with Matt and Angela. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Ash is now Queen of Angria, and she goes to visit uh, Saul in the dungeons. She speaks with not Charlotte Bronte, and Charlotte explains that the masters are mostly hidden figures who define their genre and the rules of their realm without getting, like, actually too involved. It's thought to be very uncouth for masters to get involved with their realm. <laughs> As Chuck explains what is happening as they are running, he says that he's got less than a year to live. Uh, he knew it from a doctor in the real world before they came. Matt says he's sorry, and Chuck, for a brief moment, sincerely thanks him. They need a plan to escape, and Chuck's luck is getting pushed to its limit. Without that, they can use Angela's stealth field, but they need gold, which means hunting fallen. They go to find some sewers and head off. Hey, this is like Warhammer Fantasy, right? You go hunt some Skaven in the sewers. <laughs> Back in the uh, prison, Saul asks Ash a personal question. What was Nirvana's next album like? Uh, that scene is so good. I love it yeah. so much. Um, Ash tells him about the album and Kurt Cobain's suicide. Um, Saul's like really bummed out by that. And I, it, yeah, no, this is one of my favorite scenes. It's uh, just because it's like, it's the first time we've like, Saul isn't, in character yeah it's just the two it's just the two of them like vibing together yeah and this is where this is where the ship is coming from for me yeah absolutely that like uh and especially especially there's the panel where we get ash's thoughts um and it is i see the chasm between the character he is now and the boy i loved and i feel like we're falling down into it uh, yeah, and then I see him slipping out of reach. Yeah, which, uh, Kieran Gillen and Queer Disaster name a better combo. Um, I say, looking at Young Avengers on my bookshelf. Saul <laughs> <laughs> uh, suggests that she take real power for herself, pointing to the die in his eye. He reminds her that it's a game of choices and that it's all for you. Augustus comes back to tell Ash that Zamorna has returned with news that they could not find that they could not find Chuck, Angela, and Matt. Ash and Isabel plot about their next move and how they uh, will clean up their mess. But as they plan, they receive a message: Little England's experimental army is massing. They're Cassus Bellus, disturbing the great game. As, Chuck, uh, as Chuck's group hits the sewers, they kill some fallen, but as they, as they fight one, Angela hesitates. She has her AI translate the fallen's binary chatter, and she realizes what it's saying. Mum, it's her daughter, Molly. Bum, bum, bum. What the fuck? Oy. Oof. Well, I guess I guess we also called the um, Chuck sick in the real world, too, um, yeah. correctly. Oof. You can see why he doesn't want to go home, um, at least up until he pisses off um Madam Woe. At least until at least until he pisses off Isabel so hard that she like curses him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I can I can see why he um when when time came to, you know, everybody uh hold hands and say that they 
you know, want to go home, I can see why Chuck was the one who said, yeah, no. Yeah, he doesn't want to go. I mean, he doesn't want to go home because he's just going to be, you know. Eh. Yeah. Which, that's real. Also, he's a selfish bastard. Right. Yeah. And like the two, combining the two of those, like, it totally makes sense why he was like, yeah, no, fuck this. I'm going to go fuck some elves. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I hope he does. I just don't like Chuck. I can't get on board. I just don't like him. I don't like him. like him, but I find him more relatable with this revelation. Yeah. Nope. Like, yeah, it's like, I don't like him, but he's a more understandable character. He's still a piece of shit, and I still oh, find him incredibly frustrating, and I'm still, I still hope he dies sooner rather than later. <laughs> oh, God. The revelation that it's... Uh, what's her name's daughter, Molly? Angela. Angela's daughter is fucking buck wild. Uh, yeah. This has gotten so timey-wimey bullshit all of a sudden. Like, we knew that there was some some stuff going on here. Don't worry, I'm screaming. I'll scream about it in the next summary. Yeah, the next summary, it 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 truly, we, we, we discover truly how fucking, like, spaghetti noodle time nonsense things are getting here yeah yeah um but holy christ uh and it looks i was i I was i was looking at that image that last frame of her like the headpiece that she's wearing trying yeah. to figure out like what it what what it is that she's whether that's part of her fallen look mm-hmm. or whether she was like an adventure right. party or yeah, an adventuring party like her mom was. Like it looks like almost the skeleton of uh, Angela's Neo visor too. Well, that's what I was either that or I thought it also kind of looks like Izzy's Godbinder <laughs> one. Yeah, but like it's just so jacked. My God. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's messed up, man. It's messed yeah. up, and it introduces a whole messy twist to things like who else do they know that's in this world that they've killed a bunch of times <laughs> justin's making faces at me <laughs> um i i do I, and also my ability to detect your uh say nothing be cool face has gotten very good I, over the years I, this is okay no i mean i have the worst poker face on planet earth I, I I don't play games that involve bluffing for this reason, <laughs> because I'm somebody who's just like tr- who like if if I'm playing a game and I need and it's like I'm waiting on somebody's turn and they're going over something and like they have two choices and one of them is the thing I really want I'm gonna like start biting my hand until it bleeds so I don't just like no no I need that <laughs> don't do th- uh. I was playing, I've recently started playing magic again with some of my neighbors and uh, it's just just fun neighborhood stuff, right? Yeah. And I top decked a good card and my response was, ah, fuck yeah. <laughs> and the guy across the table from me was like, oh, so a poker player. <laughs> I was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh God. I laughed really hard. Yeah. Like, just... No composure whatsoever. This is this is one reason why I tend to prefer playing um playing the 
loyalists in the hidden role games because I I am just a terrible I'm just terrible at playing the traitor. I just suck at it. See, I I like messing with people, like messing with the game. Like, all right, I'm gonna do one last digression, and then we can talk about this <laughs> issue. Have you ever played a, a board game called Talisman? Yes. Mm-mm. It is. Um, it's Candyland with dice. It's Candy. Yeah, imagine Candyland with a D and D theme, and everybody plays a, on a, like a D and D class. So you have like a fairy and a, uh, a fighter and a wizard. There are ways to win that game. You don't win. You don't win talisman. You just lose the least. Yes. So <laughs> there's, so there's winning talisman and then there's having the most fun. And by that metric, I always win talisman because my version of playing talisman is picking the class that gets the most spells and then just blitzing around the board, griefing people. And I always have the most fun at Talisman. You can understand why, like, our two reactions to Talisman are like, Jude is, oh, I love Talisman. <laughs> I would rather eat a bullet than play Talisman. That's the time. It is not a game that I would play with people I wanted to respect me afterwards. But for example, am I going to take it this Christmas up to uh, my aunt and uncle's house and make uh, Oliver's uh, cousins play it with me and then torment them with it like a good uncle? Yes. Yes, I am. I would love to see you play this against Silver, um, but we might need like a like nuclear, nuclear, like you know, containment zone for it. Okay. So, <laughs> well, sometime, so, sometime I will get out there and we'll, I'll bring it with me. There's a digital version of talisman. I, the only way I would suggest to play, the only reason, the only way I would play this game with Jude is if we all played it together. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, maybe <laughs> some extra content sometime. Oh we'll, God. <laughs> we'll play, We'll we'll play a, a digital version of Talisman with Silver and uh, yeah, and there'll be Justin and me like attempting to play the game, and then you and Silver just like being horrible, and it'll be great. <laughs> okay, deal. Um, anyway, anyway, <laughs> wow, this, what an what an issue. Uh, I want to call attention to the first page of this issue. Yeah, the first page of this issue is uh, there the the non dictatorship portion of the party is running from the vampires. And I looked at it. It took like two reads before I realized that the, this like gorgeous glowing smoky things are the vampires. And yeah. Yeah. You can see like hands and stuff like that. in there. yeah, there's a face in one and it's so gorgeously done. I kicked myself that I didn't notice it the first time, but it's, the art in this book is so good. It's the palette is re- restrained. It's not like a superhero book where there's like 8 million colors and everything's punching you in the face. Mm-hmm. No insult at all to other kinds of, of comics, but there, some comics are art and some are more like illustrate, like illustrated for, more in a more mass produced fashion. 
I think I think Justin would agree with me on that. I, one. I think yeah. Well, I, I think like stuff when you, especially like Marvel and like your typical Marvel book, and and DC to an extent, though there's like there are generally a lot of exceptions, but they generally have a house style. There, there's a there, that's lessened up in recent years. Well, and they're and they're mm-hmm. banged out so fast. But in general, I think the my the point I'm trying to make is they're very because of the production schedules they hold these guys to, there is very much uh, the emphasis is on the visual storytelling and not on every page being a piece of art. Yeah. And that is something that I have very much appreciated about Die is that every single page, there is something to admire about the panels. Yeah, that you could you could put like you could put pretty much every panel up on your wall in a frame, and it would look great. Oh yeah. yeah. Also, I just love Dower and Delighted. They're, they're. I love that we've. I love that they've stayed as characters. Yeah, they just. They yeah, just I wasn't around. expecting they're, that. They're 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 like the they're like the only NPCs who are like sticking around, being helpful, and they're like not trying to kill people. Yeah. I feel like Dower and Delighted are like when your party. When you're playing some sort of RPG and your party just like adopts an NPC out of nowhere for no good reason. I I Mm -hmm. have no idea what that's like. (laughs) (laughs) I say lying. I think there's one one of those in like practically every game. Um, Like we in in the uh, plain, you know. Fair and Plains campaign that um, my husband is running. Um, we we as players have like adopted this like random like one off like receptionist and like brought him back to brought him back to Waterdeep to like be our like butler. <laughs> I love that as as both a GM and a player. I love it when the players are like. Here's a here's a character you invented on the fly. You made up a voice. You 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 named him by looking at the 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 uh the soundboard next to your monitor. And then your players decided of all the NPCs you crafted, that's the one they want to take home and adopt. Yes. Or um yeah, I I just think that that's exactly who these Dower, uh, I totally agree that that's exactly yeah. what Dower and Delight are. They're they're the two random NPCs that your players randomly fixate on. Right, yeah, especially like you, yeah, you run across a couple of a couple of dwarfs. There's a couple of dwarfs drinking. Oh, what are their names? Uh, dwarf names, dwarf names, dwarf names, dwarf names. Dower and Delighted, fantastic. These are our new bros. <laughs> they will come with us everywhere. There's a happy uh, dwarf and a sad dwarf. Great, that's all we need. Yeah. You will appreciate this, uh, Justin. In a Star Wars game, uh, James ran years and years ago. Uh, he threw a random Ithorian at us, and we asked him for a name. We were at a uh, we were infiltrating a uh, a school, pretend, and we were pretending to be looking for for someone to pilot our ship. And the Ithorian we were talking to, and we asked for a name, and he was like, uh. Fordila George. <laughs> and we were like, okay, turns out we are in this in the in the market for an actual engineer. 
and we stole this engineer and we kept him on for like two years of, of this campaign. And when he, he finally died in like the epic conclusion of this campaign, my friend Max was so heartbroken by his death. He had to call James up the next day to like talk out his emotions. He was so, so <laughs> upset about Forty's death. That was like a decade ago, and I still remember every moment of that. Uh, Incredible. The the <laughs> I, I don't have a, I don't think I have a character like that in a game I've run, but I do have something that um, stuck weirdly is in a it, also in a Star Wars game I ran. We wanted to figure out a way that uh, people could it would be equivalent of shaking hands but would be accessible for people who did not have grasping appendages. Um, so like, you know, what if they're, what if they're tentacle mm-hmm. yeah. and stuff. And so the idea was bumping elbows or bork, bending bork, a limb bork. and bumping the end of the limb, which yep. became very funny whenever we met up in COVID. <laughs> Cause it just became, it became our group thing. And that was, you know, uh, yeah, that's a, that's I a funny that. callback. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, people people will anthropomorphize or form an attachment with anything. Humans are we're we're very good at that. It's like every time every time people are like, yeah, you know, if we if we have any form of like true, you know, robots, we're gonna have the the robot uprising, etc. And it's like on the other hand, we programmed, you know, we we figured out how to have the Mars rover sing happy birthday to itself. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, humans are capable of multitudes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. One of my favorite moments in this issue is when Ash is going to the dungeon and not Charlotte says, it is characters who choose action, but the rules determine what works and or not. You clearly understand mine. Now you rule the realm. I wish I could have written you, but I did not. I am simply happy to watch. Yeah, that conversation felt very portentous. Yeah. Like, I definitely got the sense there was something being communicated there that I'm going to look that that I'm going to look back on later and be like, ah, <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Uh, I also, this issue made me like Izzy less. Like the degree to which I like Izzy tends to be based on how much she's being a judgmental butthole and how much she's doing cool God stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's been doing a lot of judgmental drinking in the last few issues, which has made me like her a lot less as a person. Uh, and no God stuff, which has made me like her a lot less. Uh, Cause she put all this in motion and now all she does is like judge Ash and drink and be bitchy. I don't know. I feel like you should have gotten over it. I can't tell if they're intentionally writing it like she's still upset about the Zamora stuff or if she's just genuinely offended by Ash as a person. But there's definitely some like weird stuff with her attitude that I don't love. I think it is. Re- I think the Zamorna stuff is reopening old wounds. Um, and I mean, something that happens in one of their scenes is um, where uh, Ash tells Zamorna, go back to your crib. And he's like, perhaps you can join me. And she's yeah. like, no, fuck off. 
Um, Ash internally is like, yeah, this is a trap, probably. Izzy asks, you're not tempted. And, okay, in the point of, like, Ash has, you know, gay Ash, good good morale. Even if she's rationalizing and she says, I'm married. Plus, it would be rape. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, you know, mind control. Yeah, mind control. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like, then... And then Izzy is like, even though he'd fuck mud. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think, I think Izzy like in this issue is a little bit just overwhelmed because it's like she, she has like, she has a long-term goal and she had an immediate short-term goal was, which was game power. And now she doesn't really know what, what the next step is. She had the finishing step and the first step, but she did not have steps two through five. Yeah. Yeah. And I think she also, very clearly uh, did not visualize very with a whole lot of distinction what getting power was going to look like or involve. Yeah. And having been confronted with it, I think she's feeling second thoughts to a certain degree. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, teaming, teaming up with the vampire Lord to like, take over an entire country is like sounds good but you know kind of kind of kind of dubious yeah and involved okay um any last thoughts for this one nope cool all right let's move on to issue 12 hidden roll our quote is from lewis carroll's through the looking glass i wouldn't mind being a pawn though of course i should like to be a queen best um, in the tunnels, Angela is already, like, you know, instantly is ready for the fallen Molly to kill her to let her come back. But the boys suggest that, uh, stop her, suggesting that they, you know, get a little bit more info. Do not make a hasty <laughs> conclusion like this. Yeah. Uh, back in Angria, a messenger from Little England, a bioconstruct, tells Ash that for destroying Glasstown, Ash has committed an unforgivable crime. Um, the messenger, as it dissolves into a chunky pasta uh, sauce, um, states that Ash's dictatorship must end. Uh, fortunately, their border is only on like the point of their die where their sides interact. But they're still in a bad spot. So to squeeze up an easy power, they decide to cash in some easy favors to get most of the gods on their side. Um, However, stakes are getting real. Augustus is heading into the front, leaving Ash to worry about the future. Um, Back with the others, they discuss Molly's predicament, and they decide that without more information, they have to leave Molly as a fallen for the time being, because it's not like she could die worse. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, you know, that's player character thinking for you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, it is strange that she'd be older than when Angela left, but time is weird, like with the soldiers. And once they mention those soldiers, Dower's like, hey, those soldiers were created by the Grandmaster Saul, uh, who burned down all of the enchanted forests except for 12 of the greatest oaks. Uh, carving the soldiers out of them and painting them with the, with the high priest's blood. And all this time stuff is making my head hurt. And how does this even work? Oh my God, I'm too gay for this shit. I can't understand time travel. 
It's all, it's, it's not even like, it's not a time loop. It's not a fucking like, it's not a, it's, it's not like a, a closed loop or anything. It's a mesh. It's just like, it's a cat's, it's a time's cat cradle. <laughs> it, yeah, I like that. I can't, uh, it's, it's, I think in that it's like, not Matt. It's, um, Chuck. It's Chuck who refers to it as this is human centipede as Ouroboros, which is an awful <laughs> analogy, but not inaccurate. Yeah. No, yeah. It's so if I'm understanding this. Yeah. Saul created <laughs> the soldiers that started Angria. Yeah. Yeah. So he's been able to go. He at least once went back to the real world to drop those off. Or sent them through some weird reason like with the dice i yeah. guess yeah that it seems like those were the kind of like cursed object that like mm-hmm. transformed you know that consumed that set of six children mm-hmm. you know yep. and now we've got and you know versus the dice which were the cursed object that consumed this set of six children uh, yeah <laughs> uh just different Different, you know, different genres of consumption. Mm-hmm. You know, one, they're they're obsessed with, you know, writing and you know the the scribomania. Um, and here they you know get sucked into the they get Jubanjade. <laughs> yeah, but there's there's a lot of parallels between those two groups of people. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that it's a accident that. Not Charlotte looks, you know, disconcertingly like Ash. Yeah, I'm increasingly convinced there's going to be some some stuff there. Yeah. They decide that for all their problems, fuck it. At worst, their odds are 50-50. They'll try the fairies. Yep. Um, however, when trying to search, they find that the only fair nearby are in 20, the Grandmaster Realm. So fuck it. Let's go to Mordor. Meanwhile, the war has started off not so great. Pale-skinned creatures have found their secret advanced bases and slaughtering them. So they try to figure out if they have a traitor. Izzy asks a god called the False Friend, who reveals that there is, in fact, no traitor. Ash decides that what they need is to change the rules of the game. Since what they have said, uh, or since the Little England emissaries have said that peace with Ash is impossible... She decides to speak with the master of Little England. Charlotte arranges it and brings him to, uh, and brings Ash to the border, and the master rides up on a bicycle, H.G. Wells, who tells her that she has doomed the Earth. Yeah, bum, bum, not bum. die the, the earth. earth. Yeah. So those pale things that were coming up out of the ground were Morlocks. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, we get our and in the previous issue, we got to see what little England's experimental army looks like, which are very obviously the tripods from War of the yep. Worlds. Yeah. And I had a feeling and I, I think the uh, the ambassador is probably a War of the Worlds reference, too. Yeah. Or, or, or like or one of his other stories. I, I'm I am. Not too yeah. familiar. I am not too familiar with H.G. Wells' work. Um, surprisingly, outside of his two big ones in wargaming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, same. Sorry, three, three of them, three of them. There's, there's a third one that is 
uh, which we will we will talk about in the, in the next issue. <laughs> okay, there's a funny thing that is like a map thing. The border of twenty is called the screen. Yeah, as in like the GM screen. It's incredible. Yeah, what a <laughs> nice detail. The level of dub joke that I live for. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So reading through this, especially like you know flipping through it again, you know, as you're as you're doing your summary, is it just me or are you guys also getting like chemistry between Matt and Angela? A little bit. I think I, I think that like the thing is is that is that they're both the, is that they're both the responsible parents. Yeah, yeah. But like I keep feeling like I keep feeling like they've got like more and more chemistry between them, especially with like you know the framing of the panels where they're together, especially especially in that like the scene where they're in the like wooded glade all, you know, bathing. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I mean, like, I don't, I like. I mean, like, like, look at that. Look at that shit. Like, that's, that's got some, like, that's got some, like, real chemistry energy there, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, like, yeah, yeah like, the middle panel especially, like, with her looking up to him. I, yeah, it's, like, it's something that I didn't really register on, like, my first time through. But, it, yeah. I Part of yeah. it is, like, a lot of the time, Angela's face is obscured. yeah. But yeah, like when they when they're when they're out of costume, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And we and we already know that Angela, you know, doesn't necessarily think through new romantic entanglements as much as she perhaps should. Yeah, and I mean, we already know that Angela is a bisexual disaster. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. Stan. <laughs> <laughs> like you may make terrible choices, but I support, but I support women's rights and women's wrongs. <laughs> <laughs> that was very good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see if like the chemistry I'm picking up on here is like turns into anything, but I guess that's what continuing to read is for. Yeah. Yep. Also, I love that Angela was able to get Chuck on board with like, going to bargain with the fair in like one line, which is you're dying 50, 50, they could heal you. And he's just like, let's go fucking go. Yeah. He's like better than anything I've been told so far. Yeah. I'm, I'm pleased that he gets turned down too. Oh, spoilers, oh, I guess. Spoilers. Uh, I mean, who knows if you, if you, you know, if you're not reading ahead, whatever, but that's, you know, I also like that. Like we get like, we get like this random thing about like the, the, the grandmaster's realm, but there's no grandmaster there. So the fairies have just taken up thing. So there is like on the border on like the passage in, there are these things called vigilance nights, which are just like random dudes who are just like, yeah, you can't, you can't sneak past us. Which I'm like, that's are a, they another? Is vigilance another type of emotion? On no, that, these, like, I, I think these are NPCs. Okay. Well, I they I seem think like guard, had some. They seem like guard yeah. NPCs, but yeah. like vigilance isn't an emotion. That's a state of mind, I guess. I think I think they are just supposed to be guards to the realm, and they're like a specific fuck you of NPC. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you've got like stealth characters. So one thing that I want to talk about is um, 
H.G. Wells got some fucked up eyes. Yeah. yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't know why it bothers me as much as it does, but I do not like it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> like, they're tiny, tiny gears. Yep. That's very, it's very creepy. I look forward to the next issue where we get to talk about um, what the secondary creator of modern sci-fi is doing here. Yeah, it's a good issue. I also found, I I love that we got a new god in this one. Oh yeah, the um, false friend who is just entirely about lying to people and making yeah um love the art for the false friend it's incredibly creepy i love the lettering um, for him yes and i also i also wanted to ping on exactly what his words to uh isabel are there's no double agents no traitors nothing like that your enemies are your enemies cross my heart <laughs> um which i feel like I feel like there's some information there that we have not <laughs> grasped yet. <laughs> <laughs> what? Sitting at a table with a vampire? I can't imagine. Right? Yeah. That, like, I think, you know, my guess is that Ash maybe doesn't have quite as good a hold on, uh, on the, uh, on Zamorna as she thought. Mm-hmm. But I guess we shall see. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, at, you know, there's the, the like, your enemies are your enemies. That sort of still leaves realm for there to be a traitor, but somebody who has always been an enemy. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's like, you know. And who they should have considered to be an enemy. Yeah, exactly. Precisely. Very carefully worded. Yeah. In, in the exact sort of way that, may, that, like, if a GM says that, you just... You know you're, you know you're about to spend the next 45 minutes with, of, of table talk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Solving nothing. Okay, but what? The, yes, but what did it? What did it actually mean? Can you can you thing. write down? Da- can you write down that conversation verbatim? So we know exactly what he said. I do like the little end art we have between issues here, where we get to see, um, or like the one the one that I have here is uh, with Angela and what I am assuming is a baby Molly. Yeah, where who has like little like. I don't know. Maybe it's like Pikachu ears on a beanie. It's very cute. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for beanies with that. And we and the other piece of art is um, uh, is of Chuck, um, in the doctor's office too. Oh and yeah, that is a very well done piece of art. Yeah, yeah, it's very somber, and manages to have Chuck looking vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it has that medical cleanliness look to it. Yeah. Again, the art just communicating in ways that you just don't see all the time. I cannot I cannot wait to see what H.G. Wells means by you have doomed the earth. Oh. Also, it is it is fascinating to me. I just realized he refers to himself as Herbert George Wells. Yes. We have also had Wait, are you Tolkien? Not quite. And wait, are you Charlotte Bronte? Not quite. And we have, I'm H.G. Wells. You know, we'll talk about it in this next one. But could it be that J.R.R. Tolkien and Charlotte Bronte have a little bit more of internal introspection than H.G. Wells? Quite possibly. <laughs> I look forward That's to picking funny. up this discussion in a week. 
Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that conversation because there, there are, there's a, it's chock full of things about die also that I'm looking forward to. Excellent. And we're past the halfway point. Shit's getting real. Yeah, we are 60% of the way done with this. We got we got we got four more we got four more podcasts to do for this. Well, <laughs> five, but the fifth one's a secret. Bom bom bom. I don't know, who knows? Maybe maybe you'll maybe you'll found the secret by the time it comes out. But as for this, are there any other closing thoughts you all will have? Not for me, I don't think. All right. Yep. All right. Uh, I think that my last my last art comment is the the panels where there are, we've got a few a few sets of panels where we've got people looking at the like glowing uh, die map, mm-hmm. um, and all of those panels are just outstanding. The um, Stephanie Hans's light, um, like grasp on light and doing the kind of like unconventional color highlights are just incredible. Yeah, and like and like everybody being yeah. washed in a color from like a light source. Yeah. Yeah, the the color in this book is such a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, enough can't be said about that as with with regards to the art, how much the color plays into the art in general, not just the art, but also like the the story that's being told. I don't know, like you you like the scene with Ash taking the throne, that red of her dress and the red of her power mm-hmm. curling around her eye. Uh, it, it, it's it's saying as much or more than the words are in that scene. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that puts a wrap on today. Next time we're going to be covering issues 13 and 14, Little Wars and Dual Wield. Until next time, keep rolling. The Babylon Project is an independent production. All views expressed on the show are our own. Music information can be found in the show notes. The rest of the show is licensed under a Creative Commons 4.0 share-alike no derivatives license.